Hey everyone, welcome to episode 86 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. Uh, as you can see, uh, the uh, facilitator of these questions is not here. Uh, Josh just lost power. Uh, apparently there's some bad storms going through Philly, so uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, to help uh, Sal, uh, our guest, um, through this, uh, this mess of me, so... Sal, welcome. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, Josh has been after me to come on, and then this <laughs> unfortunately happens. Uh, but we'll get to speak to Josh as you guys will be joining us on the SFB Podathon uh, early morning, July 6th at 2.30 a.m. So if you guys ever wonder what kind of maniacs get stuck with the 2.30 in the morning shift, it is Bill and Josh. Yes, that's correct. So looking forward to that. Um I didn't know if you wanted to kind of get into that a little bit and explain, you know, the, everything for our listeners and, you know, maybe what, what they can do to, you know, participate. Yeah, absolutely. So as you see, I have my SFB Potathon hat made by Viridian. You can go to Viridian's website, pick up hats, shirts, whatever. That's a great way to donate to the SFB this year and the Fantasy Cares. I got on my Potathon t-shirt. I'm a big promoter tonight, which comes from, uh, at F- I'm sorry, FF Pod shirts. Dot store envy which is dynasty outhouses site you could go to his uh page and find us there so yeah the sfb potathon kicks off this year at uh, 9 a.m on july 5th on in on the east coast and we go 24 full hours to 9 a.m july 6th tuesday morning like i said somewhere in the middle of that is bill and josh and you know we started this three years ago this will be the fourth uh, version of sfb potathon and we wanted to do something around the SFB to bring a little bit more attention to hopefully get a little bit more donations to the to Fancy Cares. And it's just worked out beautifully. Year one, we had we, we struggled with guests. We did everybody an hour long just to make it through the 24 hours. Year two, people knew what it was. They came back. Year three last year was an absolute explosion. We raised $42,000 in we have people fighting, literally fighting to come on. People definitely disappointed when I can't get them in. I do my best. It's no offense to anybody. We try to give some of the smaller shows a shot each year. You guys are joining us for the first time this year. Um, some of the small shows that we've had on before, we weren't able to get them back this year, but maybe we could do it in the future. Um, I always tell everybody, how do you get a good spot and get invited back? Improve. <laughs> so year, two years ago, the Ball Blast, uh, Michelle and Kate Ball Blast, we're on at 1 or 2 a.m. And last year they were on at 5 p.m. This year I think they're on at 6 p.m. And they've blown up in the industry. Um, and just, you know, one other thing this year, we wanted to emphasize diversity in the fantasy football community. We want to put an emphasis on that because that is something that has exploded this year and it's something that has been buried for too long. And I look back at the first three SFP potathons and it was a lot of white male faces. That's plain and simple. So this year we are loaded with ladies. We are loaded loaded with minority faces. We are loaded loaded with people who are the up and comers in the industry, and it's a beautiful diversity of people coming together to raise money for Fantasy Cares this year. And if you go to the SFB Potathon Twitter page in the bio, you'll find you'll find the link to donate, and uh, that will be up through the show and actually till the morning of July 9th, We'll collect donations for that. So definitely, please come out and uh, donate. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's a uh, quite the feat that you guys do. It's um, like a I'm old as well, um, so like trying to stay up for 24 hours anymore is pretty much uh, difficult. And for me, I have a hard time forming sentences when I'm awake. Like <laughs> and like I can't imagine like trying to do something on like hour 23. Um, Maybe by that time you're you have a second wind. I don't know. But. It happens, Bill. You get the you get a second wind. I you know again this will be the fourth year I'm doing it. So you do. There's a lull in the middle. There's a lull, and you're hot. And it's my God. I got a oh my God. How many more hours is it? And then you get past it and you keep going. Uh, last year was particularly difficult. And I'll tell you why. We we have done it at a different time every year for some reason. I, I mean I know the reasons. We always want to be on the air when the draft kicks off. The whole idea mm-hmm. is being live when the drafts happen. Um, and with 4th of July, that doesn't always make it easy. So this year, 4th of July falls on a Sunday. 
and we aren't going to ruin our Fourth of Julys with our families or expect people to be listening to us when they're drinking, throwing cornhole uh, bags, and and listening to uh, music with family. So we moved it to Monday morning, uh, 9 a.m. But last year, Fourth of July was on Saturday, and we thought, well, people are probably going to be pretty hungover Saturday, Sunday morning after. Let's start it in the evening, and we'll go 8 a.m., 8 p.m. rather at night till 8 p.m. Monday night. Well, the problem with that is we didn't roll out of bed and start. Like right. 9 a.m. in the East Coast, we're going to pretty much be up for an hour, start the show, and, and be good. Well, last year – Try as you might. You, it's difficult to sleep leading up to something like that. So we were all up for 30 plus hours last year. That's just the bottom line. It was 30 plus hours. Um, and actually, I did hear from Kevin. Kevin started a new job. And Kevin will be doing the 24 hours and then going right to work. Oh, uh, wow. So somebody might want to follow him with a camera because that could be fun for all of us. That's a Yeah, that could be like, you know, people could donate just to be able to watch him live for the day. Like that would be pretty an Uber so he doesn't drive to work. Gotcha. Yeah, we should uh yeah, buy get him a limo or something for the <laughs> for that day. Um well yeah, man, that's awesome. And you got I mean the amount of donations has just blown up over the last few years. Not I get it, like I mean, I know it's hard to say, you know, talk about expectations because you know, like last year everybody was kind of in a different mode. Um but yeah, getting to forty-two thousand is pretty incredible. Because what was the t- tally the year before? Oh, the year before was like less than seven. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll tell you, this year we're at about eleven thousand right now. And again, if we we put the we put the goal up at, as twenty, yeah, and I think we'll get there. Yeah. Um, would we love to go to fifty and blow ash? Yeah, but you know, like you said, everybody's in different situations. It's another year of a lot of people being out of work. It's another year of people being in a bad situation. So we don't hold anybody to anything, but I actually clicked on a clip, the opening clip of last year's Potathon today. I literally listened to it today. And when the show started, we were at $24,000. So that means we got $18,000 while we were on air um, and through the rest of that week. So we'll, we'll build up again leading into this weekend and we'll come out of the weekend into the drafts, forging. Uh, more people will be aware of it. I know they will. So 20 to me is a no-doubter. But yeah, I really I love to see where we go. And, again, whatever we make is is wonderful. Yeah. Um, we are giving most of the money to Toys for Toss this year. I did ask Scott if we could um, donate 10% to the Trevor Project, which is something that is uh, important to me. I have a, a gay daughter who – you know, is she's her mindset is to give back. Her mindset is to fight for people who need to be fought for. And when yeah. I asked her what charity a year ago, she would like to see me focus on. That was the one she brought up to me. So when uh, when Carl Nassib came out and uh, also announced that he was partnering with the Trevor Project, it was just a perfect time for me to announce that we were going to give ten percent of our donations as well. Awesome! Yeah, that's fantastic. So. Um... Yeah, that's so. You know, if you guys get a chance, catch the python, and you know, people can just get a little nutty, and uh, you know, there's some good, good talk and um, good people, like on top of it. So, I mean, you know, if you get a chance, pop in. Like I try to, like I'll be in for like about a half hour here, and then you know, I'm walk. I got to do something. Then I come back, pop in for a half hour, watch. You know, and um, try to listen when I can. So, like. Even if you just pop in for a minute and say hello, I mean that's gonna, you know, everybody will appreciate that. And, and we're loaded. Uh, you, we're loaded with people. I mean, but before we get to the amazing Super Duper Flex podcast at two thirty a.m., I mean, we have. I'm gonna run through just some names for you real sure. quick. We start the show off in the first thirty minutes with Scott Fish, Ryan McDowell, John Bosch, and Jamie's Sonica. Who Jamie is the SFBX champion, so he'll be on to throw his gauntlet down. And and Bo knows of of hot batch um, uh, sauce, a uh, hot sauce. He is coming on at the beginning because Bo is going to donate every the profits from every single sale during that twenty four hours is one hundred percent going to go to Fantasy Cares. And then we just roll through with Curtis Patrick, Heath Cummings, and Jeff Hasley has now uh, hooked up and is going to join Heath Cummings, Ray GQ, Matthew Berry, 
Eric Moody, Ellie Christ, Bob Harris, Mark Schofield, John Laub, Jennifer Eakins and Chris Allen, JJ Zacharyzen, Casey Kasem, um, Trophy Smack, who is our our title sponsor this year. They stepped up big. They donated a ton. And we're going to be running a ring special with them where we're going to try and get each division to purchase a ring for the champion of the division, which when you break it down to 12 people in the division, it comes out to about $4 a person. And then the profits of those rings are all going to also go to Fantasy Care. So win your division, get a ring, and then a percentage of that money is going to go to the charity. And you can just keep rolling on with um, – we got Matt Harmon a little bit later at night. Shane Battier, NBA and NCAA basketball champion. Shane Battier will be with us for a full 30 minutes this year. We have the Women's Power Hour at 9 o'clock led by Sam Holt with stepmom Lauren, Jen Piacente, Melissa Jacobs, and Samantha Prevente. I don't know if I say Samantha's last name correctly, but you know Samantha. She's all over TikTok and, uh, and Twitter these days. Uh, Adam Levitan. The Dynasty Vipers, South South Stephanie. I mean, Steffi Smalls. It's an insane lineup. Oh, and then at one thirty, some clowns. Dynasty Hot Sauce is on. <laughs> oh, geez. Some clowns from that show. Yeah, Larry. Uh, Larry Monkey said he's gonna oh. get the crowd hot for us. He's gonna warm it all up for for when we show up at two thirty. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's a a pretty fire lineup. So. Um, and that's a great idea with the uh, rings for the divisions, because so that's like how much is it for a ring? Like sixty bucks? I think it's sixty bucks. You divide yeah, that up by twelve. That's know, a pretty like cool that. little thing just to do in general, you know. Like I mean, it's pretty much nothing, especially like when you consider like leagues. Um, you know, most of the uh, stakes in those leagues are well, you know, what's sixty bucks for like the pot for a year? So. Um. Yeah, I have to check into that. That'd be that'd be fun to do for some of my leagues that I run. Um, yeah, check out Trophy Smack. They're awesome, and they have the best stuff and the best customer service. Yeah, that's cool. So, all right. Well, um, so any of you guys listening, please check in, and and if you do have um the opportunity, you know, any donation, a dollar or whatever you can afford, is gonna go to uh you know kids or to support, um, you know, people that need to be uh, supported. And, you know, is it is it solely gay or is it L- LGBTQT uh, for Trevor? So the Trevor Project specifically is uh, designed to help suicidal uh, LGBTQ members. Okay. Like people have dealt with, um, you know, rejection through their family and, and stuff yeah. like that and have considered suicide. And just assist them in, in, in saving lives, basically. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, please uh, please do if you get a chance. So uh, we're going to pop on to the uh, um, timelines. Let's do a little bit of the show for a bit. And, Josh, please show up so I can uh, <laughs> go back to just show. answering questions. <laughs> but So Josh made the spreadsheet, so let's see what we could do. Uh, in the news, uh, Falkenstein pits, um, you know, I mean, they were going to, so it doesn't surprise us. Um, but I guess with pits being, uh, you know, Julio Jones getting traded, uh, what are your expectations for, for pits this year? Cause I mean, it's all over the place and some people are like, you know, thinking he's going to be Kelsey this year. Yeah. He's the, he's clearly the best tight end that's ever lived. Right. I mean, that's how everybody has perceived him. And listen, the kid has a, a boatload of talent. Um, he signed – that deal gives him the most guaranteed money out of any tight end in the league, period, <laughs> more than anybody. Um, we would, I joked in the one-on-one chat because I am – I'm picking one-on-one. What somebody said, do you take Kyle Pitts? I said, oh, he'll probably be gone already at one-on-one. That's how high everybody is on this guy this year. So, listen, he's still a rookie. He still has to adjust to things. And have rookies come in and done it at other positions before? Yes. We haven't really seen it uh, full-fledged at tight end yet, right? We've seen some good rookie tight end seasons, but we haven't seen anybody be just, you know, all pro. So this the most expectations I've ever seen for a tight end coming into the league. So let's see. I won't, I don't know that I'll be drafting him as early as where everybody else is drafting him. And in, in the SFB, you know, I don't generally draft tight ends. I mean, it would there has been some Kelsey talk at one-on-one. 
Um, I think mostly it's been surrounding CMC and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. But I have heard Kelsey mentioned. Probably won't be me that does that. I don't go early for the tight ends in SFB. I do load up on them late and hope a few of them hit, and they usually do. So, yeah, I mean, for SFB, I won't be taking Kyle Pitts. And I don't, I don't think I'm going to get him anywhere because he's just going way too high for my test. Yeah, I mean, he's going – it seems like he's even going earlier than I – when, you know, right after the NFL draft, I, I think he was kind of hovering in that 104, 105 range for rookie drafts. And then, like, I'm hearing about him going for, you know, 102 now. And it's, like, pretty consistently, which is just, you know, people are, are buying into the hype, especially with Julio gone. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I mean, probably the best rookie year that I can remember was Jeremy Shockey. Uh, I think he pretty he had a pretty incredible rookie year. Ingram did, but there was a lot of reasons for that, you know, because the whole offense was injured. So right, so he was forced a lot more targets than we would have expected in a typical year. And I, well, I'm just such an Evan Ingram fan. I wish he could, you know, I hope he gets his head on straight. Right? Yeah, because it's a concentration thing with Evan Ingram. All the tools are there. Oh, there's he, no doubt. He's an absolute stud, and so. And I'm a fan, so I hope he gets his uh, his head on straight for sure. Uh, question from the Peanut Gallery: What's Sal's best finish in SFB? In 2018, I made it to the semifinals. I really had a great year that year, and I really thought I had a team that was good enough to win. I was on the backs of Aaron Jones and and uh, James Connor. Now I had drafted Le'Veon Bell in the first round. I oh, was able geez. to get James Connor in like the 20 like. Somewhere like 19, 18, 19, or 20. Like, really, right. late, I got James Conner. And so, drafting Le'Veon Bell didn't really hurt me in the first round because Conner had an amazing year that year. Bell never touched the field for uh, Pittsburgh, maybe late in the season, one game or something. Yeah. So, but both of those players got injured in the semifinal week. So, I didn't win to move on because of those injuries. And obviously, I, I just I wasn't there for the final. So, yeah, but um, I've had some really bad. Really bad showings at SFB, but I've I've had a couple of good ones. Last year, I my the beginning of my draft couldn't have went worse. I drafted Christian McCaffrey. I took Zach Ertz as my first tight end. Um, I, I took Le'Veon Bell again in like the fourth round, and I think I took Juju in the fifth. So four of my top five draft picks were just not even there. Like they barely played. Juju played, but he was in, he's out. He wasn't as good as we've we've come to expect. And I made the playoffs. I made the playoffs on the backs of getting James Robinson in that first waiver claim and getting Justin Herbert in the 16th round. Oh, wow. So, you know, pay attention to those rookie quarterbacks. If there's a quarterback that has a path to play this year, draft him at some point in the SFB. If he's there staring at you, draft him. Justin Herbert made my – I mean, he. there was just weeks where him and Robinson were the only thing – Going. I had a couple of tight ends off the top of my head. I can't think of them right now that were that performed okay. In yeah, weekly, you know. Yeah, last year was I was um, six and six, and my team shouldn't have been even that. So um, I just got lucky in some matchups. But I was in the uh, same division as Roday, and um, he he I got to meet him. I think play him twice, and he just. Brush. I mean, he destroyed me. For, <laughs> first week, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to crush Roday. And then I lost by, like, 50 points or something. I'm like, oh, man, this is not going to be good. And I he was, like, him. undefeated for the longest time in our division. Yeah, he was good, right? Yeah. I, I like to get him on the show because I'm actually a fan. Um, I watch a million little things. And when I found out he was in SFB last year, I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Um the other guy who did really well last year and then he fell off is Nixon, who is the lead singer from uh, Framing Hanley. Oh, okay. And he's in my division this year, Guns N' Roses division. So and I, I had seen that he was a musician. I had seen him doing well the last couple of years. But he was in my division, and we're putting a focus on music this year. I decided to check out some of his music. They're phenomenal. Like His band is phenomenal. So Framing Hanley, check them out, and he's going to let us use – some of his original music on the Potathon this year, which should oh, be very cool. as intro and outro type of stuff. So cool, really cool stuff. Um, so I think we kind of did this, but 
can Sal tell us how the Potathon started? Yeah, he did that at the beginning. So didn't you kind of? Yeah, I could give a quick. Um, I, I did. I I'll give you an, another quick little story. Sure. That's my buddy Kareem, old friend of mine from the Fantasy Live app days, going back to 2015. One of my favorite guys that I've met through fantasy football. So when we first got into the SFB, it was uh, SFB 480. It was before Scott actually started calling them 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. SFB 480, and that was 480 teams. Now it's 1,900 teams. So that first year – the drafts went off and it was just such an insane clamoring on Twitter for the Scott fishbowl. And I knew there was something there. Like there was something more needed to be done than just these drafts happening in space and Twitter. And then year two came around. And I, I think that was the year that Tim Duncan retired from the NBA. And the SFB was rivaling um, top Twitter story next to Tim Duncan, one of the greatest NBA players of all time, retiring. They were neck and neck for trending stories. I was like, this is insane. So I said to Steve and Kevin, we were doing a Falafel House at the time. Falafel House became the Fantasy Football Fun House. I said, guys, this was probably even a little bit selfish at the time. Hey, we got to do a show like the day of the draft, maybe a one or two hour show. When the draft kicks off, have Scott come on, have a couple of quick guests and for the first two hours of the draft and – and just catching on some of that excitement. And, yeah, I talk about it. And as the year was going by, I said, but what can we do to tie it together? What can we do to make it help raise more money? And I started thinking back, and so, Bill, since you're old like me, telethons were so big on TV back when we were kids, right? The Jerry yes. Lewis telethon is the one that everybody remembers. But there was more than just that. And these were telethons that were on for 24 hours, and they were like variety shows. They had – a bunch of different performers and some famous people would come on and they'd have telephone numbers and people on the stage answering the phones and collecting donations and they'd make tons of money. So the idea of potathon popped into my head. Now, in, since then, I've looked back and there's other people who use the word potathon. I didn't create it, invent it. It popped into my head and I decided to go with it. So went to Scott with the idea. He thought it was a fantastic idea. Uh, having the blessing of having SFB in the name and the title of the show obviously brings the attention. And now it's synonymous with the drafts, which is what we hoped it would be. We hope by year five it would explode and explode in year three, like we spoke about earlier. But, I mean, that's the real genesis of of how it began. That's cool. That's, uh, you know, it started with an idea. So um, Larry actually was asking, is Zeke a top 20 pick in SFB? I mean, it's – I, probably not because of all the quarterbacks and the tight yeah. ends are going to go, and and the fact that he's probably somewhere between a five and ten running back this year, uh, and a lot of people probably have him closer to ten than five. Um, yeah, could probably easily rattle off seven, eight, or nine uh, people. Um, I just I just got a text as we're on because we know Josh is not here because he lost power. I just got a text that said, uh, "Light light candles or get a flashlight out. Heard we're going to lose power in thirty minutes." Uh-oh. So, so I drop out. <laughs> so your your uh, internet was a little choppy there for a second. So I was like, uh-oh, is there a storm coming through? So yeah, it's, it's very popular. Um, great. Then you're going to leave me, and I'm going to have to try to do this on my own? Oh, geez. No. <laughs> so, um, all right. Let's, uh, let's go to a couple things that uh, we found on the timeline this week. Um, so Bearded Shotgun at Bearded Shotgun. Did my yearly SFB 11 clear up to take to the charity shop? If you're not in a position to donate money, do the next best thing. Even my daughter got in the action donating toys she does not play with. And he had a picture of bags of clothing uh, in his trunk. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I, I feel like this happens every year where, you know, it's kind of infectious where, you know, people in your group start donating or something like that. And all of a sudden... It's kind of like, I'm going to do that too, you know, and all that. And it's just incredible. Like this month is always amazing to me how, how like everybody kind of gets into it, you know, and it's the uh, positive side of humanity and it's pretty cool. This pretty cool to see. And it's pretty amazing. Like, you know, what this machine has become over the years. 
Yeah, and to his point, about if you, you know, if you don't have the money to donate and find a way to do something, he found a way of donating stuff that they were no longer using it. If you're going to follow the SFP Potathon, hey, you're like, you know, I just don't really have the money to donate this year. Get more eyes and ears to the show. Help us promote it. Help us yep. get more people in. You know, I, I have I have a, a pretty good job, right? I make a, a decent living, but I have three children, one that just finished college, one in college, one that's going to start college in a year. Now, my money is tight. So yeah. when I say to you, I try to give as much as I can. Doing this show is my way of giving back. You know, yep. if I have to be a part of an engine that created $42,000 last year, that's my way of giving back. It doesn't always have to be about money. It could be about your time. It could be about doing something um, physically uh, that that helps out a charity or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's a great message. Yep, no doubt. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel I think people kind of are embarrassed or ashamed that they are not donating as much as somebody else. But it's all, you know, relative. And, you know. I'm not judging you. You donated something, you know, <laughs> like you're, you're doing something or you're doing something, or even if it's a retweet, like you're taking action. So, um, just do what you can. And, and that's all that can be asked. Um, all right. This, uh, next, uh, tweet is from John McGlynn at John McGlynn 75. Lots of podcasts last night. What I learned as far as SFB 11 strategy, pod a fade QB, Pod B, fade RB. Pod C, fade wide receiver. Fade, pod D, fade kicker. And pod E, fade tight end. Moral of the story, draft the best available when you're on the clock. I mean, it just depends if you trust all of those podcasts. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm, a best, I'm a draft best available always, regardless yeah. of whatever the scoring system is. I mean – this one weighs things heavy on quarterbacks. So if you know your scoring system, the best player available is a quarterback, then you go with the quarterback. Um, like I said, always, I'm in the Guns N' Roses division. John McGlynn happens to be in my division. And in that chat earlier today, somebody asked a question, so what is 101 doing, not knowing that I was a person with the 101? And I responded, I could tell you, but I'll probably just make you wait. And I could tell you I'm going to – I'm 99% sure I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Because of the 101 this year with the third round reversal, it is a fortnight before it gets back to me in the yeah. third round. And and it's just like the quarterbacks are going to be so dried up. So I might as well go out and take the very best one there is yeah, and then see what's there for me in rounds three and four uh, when I get the pick back-to-back there. Um, so I'll probably go with the best running back available to me in round two, and, and we'll have to take it from there. So yeah, that's available. That's kind. Of, I'm on. I have the 12th slot, and so like right. I'm kind of the opposite, you know. And I last year I was early, and so I'm like, you know, this year I'm going to ask for like late and see what happens. So, um, you know, I think drafting the best player makes sense. The problem I I run into is that I'm a 95% dynasty player, and so it's really hard for me to recalibrate to redraft, um, you know, just so I'm always overweighing the value of young players. And, and so this year is what I'm trying to do is not fade veterans as much as I did last year. And um, so not necessarily position, but um, well, I'm probably fading kickers, but like other than that, like I think the best of value best available makes the most sense. I mean, and you just got to pay attention, like you said, to the scoring and the, and the lineups and everything like that. So, Will you end up with any kickers, you think, in SFB? You know, maybe if late, um, but I doubt it. Like, I don't see myself just looking at, like, what their average points were last year. Um, I, I – it was a while ago that I looked, like, three weeks ago. So, you know, my old brain doesn't recall, but like I, I, from what I recall, it was pretty, pretty low scoring. Like, I think like they were averaging like six or seven points yeah, per game. So like, that's not something I'm really shooting to get on my, in my roster when I can try to shoot for upside in another position. How about you? No, I, I, I'll probably take one or two late. I mean, 
late, though. We'll see who's there. I don't want to take uh, – you know, th- I think they projected Greg Gazerline as the, the best kicker in this format. So I bought, most people think it's Tucker, but I did see projections for Greg the leg, so – all right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you get if you can get one of the guys late that's like the, him, you know, or a guy that's on a fantastic offense, then it makes sense. Um, but I'm not going to pick like kicker ten um, unless I feel like that offense is going to be, you know, pretty potent this year. All right. Um, Rusty K at corroded when wet, uh, replying to a previously previous tweet about best ball stacks in best ball it's fits uh terry diami for me and sfb 11 i think it's car waller for me in stacks so i mean that would be a pretty enticing one i mean it's that high completion percentage right for the quarterbacks that i kind of fell into that trap last year <laughs> um a little bit and um, but Carr was one of those guys that was like underdrafted in SFB 10. Um, cause he had such a high, but he had such a high completion percentage. Right. And so he's actually not a bad one. If he can kind of replicate what he did two years ago when he was like 73% or whatever it was. Yeah. And I, I, um, I had him, I had him in SFB last year. And he was a target of mine. So mm. the chat I was in, the one-on-one chat last year, which I had one-on-one last year also and this year, we were on him. Um, so I don't know if some other chats weren't. It was a lot of Derek Carr discussion specifically for this reason. And I seen Scott talking somewhere yesterday that you want a quarterback that's completing 67% of his passes, right, um, in order to be in a positive range because it's a minus one for an incompletion. Yep. It's only a plus one. It's only a plus half for completion. So you want to be at 67% and that's, that's his game. I mean, he's not going to be flashy. He's not going to be big downfield as a Raiders fan. I hope he is. We have the targets this year to go big downfield. So I hope we do do that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that he's built for it, but yeah, he's a guy I'll be targeting him again, hopefully in that third, the fourth round, maybe, you know, maybe the fourth round uh, QB for me this year. Yeah, he's. Uh, I'm interested to hear. I, I, I can't wait to see like the ADPs again. That's always fun to check out and see where people are getting take, taken. Um, what's the wildest draft pick you've seen taken early in SFB? Well, we had the joke last year with Matt Barkley, right? Yeah, so was, yeah. Um, you know, somebody donated money if Matt Barkley got taken early. Um, I mean, Kelsey's gone pretty early in the past, but and I thought that people – in the past thought it was pretty wild, but as it turns out, his stats, how they bore out in, uh, in this scoring system, he's worth that kind of a pick. Now he's talked about in the top three now. So when he was taken in the top three in the past, people were like blown away by that. Um, so I don't know outside the Matt Barkley in that one. Um, I don't look at, I don't get to see obviously every single yeah. 160 divisions this year, I think. So <laughs> we, we do have fun. On the on the potathon when the drafts start coming in and people are jumping in the chat like uh, these gentlemen are here, my man Elliot's in there now. Darth, Darth Pikey is another old falafel throwback from the Fantasy Life app days. Um, when we start, people have people jump in the chat and they start saying, "Oh, so and so in here." So we start to get a little that early ADP and that idea of where people are going. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's another one of the fun things about being on the air live when the drafts are happening. Yeah, that was uh, the Barkley one was hilarious because I think a guy messed it up, right? Was he messed Correct. it up like one hundred and two? Correct. He took uh, Matt Barkley instead of Saquon, and then um, some people had some fun with it. And uh, you know, I think it was, um, um, oh man, Shane uh, Shane Manila. I think was doing something where he was yeah. donating if people uh, picked him in the first round, and so. Uh, yeah, just good times. It's fun, you know, different stupid reasons to uh make donations. So, <laughs> I think Matt, Matt Barkley might have had a better year than Saquon. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> look so foolish then, did he, when he made that pick? <laughs> um, all right, uh, Rich Dynasty Island at Dynasty Island says, I constantly preach not going into a draft with a preordained plan and instead just recouping value at all times, yet prep. Prepping for SFB 11, I find myself 
keep looking at a specific plan positionally? Well, again, it's, this goes back to very similar to what we said about taking the best player available. It, you got to know the scoring system. So the best player available is going to change based on the scoring system. Yeah. And since this favors quarterbacks, and, and it doesn't – I don't know. Scott has figured out a way to make everything as balanced as possible. But not needing to start two, but wanting to start two, and then wanting to have that third one just in case, the emphasis is on quarterbacks and good high completion percentage quarterbacks – so you should have a plan of trying to get one in the first two rounds. Um, that doesn't work for everybody. I've, I've had a lot of different plans in SFB. Um, one year I decided – I was like, I'm never going to go quarterback too early. And then one year I decided to go Brady. I had the, the 12. I went Brady and Breeze, and it was the year that they both sucked. Like the one year that they both sucked together. And I right. was like, what? For fantasy, you know what I mean? It, they sucked. And I was like, I'm never doing it again. But I always take one in the first two rounds. It's just um, – yeah, the plan is a little bit different because it's F SFB, but the plan is still who the best player available based on the scoring system in, in the Scott Fishbowl. Say that again? It's whoever's the best player available based on the scoring system for the Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, this was an interesting comment to me about, like, not to have a preordained plan. Um, I, I typically always do. Like, I at least have an idea. And I think it's what you're saying, like, understanding the scoring and that sort of thing. Um, I'm not, like, writing down, like, I'm getting this guy or I'm getting that guy. But it's, like, just being aware of the nuances of the league. And I think especially in, like you're saying, um, you know, just recouping value. Well, value to me in redraft is – so different than like value in like a dynasty league. So I think you uh, like, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm just grabbing my guys and redraft more than if I, you know what I mean? Then in dynasty, because there's no trading. <laughs> so, right. Right. All right. Tommy Mo at two on one FFB. Some of my favorite late round values for SFB 11 and any redraft league this year are Mo Alley Cox AJ Green, Hunter Renfro, Jarek McKinnon, Josh Kelly, Tim Patrick, and Dwayne Haskins. Well, Any of those Josh guys? Kelly, I thought Josh Kelly was going to be my guy last year, and I drafted yeah, him. Same. Curtis Patrick was the one on the Potathon last year who really talked me into it. And he had every opportunity, right, with the injury to Eckler, and he, he just didn't beat out mediocre running backs, which yeah. really worried me. Now, Tommy is a fellow Raiders fan like myself, so shout out to Raiders Nation, Tommy Mo, um, which is why I think Hunter Renfro made the list. But, yeah, Hunter Renfro is like that lunch pail guy, right? He's going to be there. Yeah. If you throw a ball to him, he's going to catch it. Throw him in the end zone, he's going to catch it. It's how he's made his living going back to college. So, hey, he's always a guy. I, he's on all my dynasty rosters because I got him really cheap that in the year he came out. and yep. he, He'll be on my SFB as long as somebody else like Tommy isn't in my, in my league, which he isn't. And I'm a big Mo Ali guy. I I have him again in a lot of my dynasties because I was able to grab him cheap and, and put him at the end of the bench. And he had some really good blow-up days last year. He was on my SFB roster last year. So that worked out. AJ Green, I don't know, it's so crowded over there. And I, I just don't know. If it's late and it's between him and a kicker, that's a good question, Bill. Very late, you could get a pretty decent kicker or AJ Green. What what direction are you going in? <laughs> so I have I've kind of been out on Green the last few years. So um, that's an interesting question. I think that I oh geez, like that's that's the fact that I have to think about this kind of tells you, you know, that that's kind of where AJ Green is for me. Like, am I going to take like Tucker or him? I'm probably taking Tucker. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. You know, like I think I'm. It's an easy decision for me on that one. Actually. Or am I? If I have Prater, like he's with Arizona now, like you know, would I take that kicker over the uh, wide receiver two or three? Um, I just don't have any confidence. I think his body's kind of breaking down, and um, you know, I think I'm probably going to be a void for him. Tim Patrick is a guy who. 
it's a shame that he's on that roster because yeah. that guy could be a legit uh, wide receiver if he if he was playing as a number two somewhere. But yeah, he's some real real studs ahead of him. Like he he's like the direct replacement for Cortland Sutton. So like you know he didn't really do like once Cor- Sutton was out and he could kind of play that role. Like it was great. Like, you know, if Jerry Judy went out, like, I'm not sure he's going to be able to play that same role. So, uh, but yeah, he's always a guy that I've kind of, he's always on and off my rosters. Um, yeah. So he's one of my go-tos, you know, if I have an extra roster spot to add him. Um, I like him and I agree. Like he's kind of that um, uh, Josh Reynolds kind of tier for me, you know, where if he gets an opportunity, he could do something. Yeah. And um, as a Raider fan, I'm sure for Tommy as well, we hate all the weapons that they have in Denver. Like they have some legit receiving weapons, and they yeah. have a nice rookie running back to go with them. So they what they need is a is a quarterback because they don't yes. have one. Um, yes, I'm not sold on Ruan and, and old man. Uh, what's his name it's out there? Like Teddy B. Yeah, Teddy B. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, this is not a pro Drew Lack podcast. So um, yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, so. Since we're talking about being a homer, thoughts on Debo versus Ayuk or Sermon versus Mostert at their current SFB ADP? Elliot, if you're still there, I don't know what the ADPs are. I'd be lying to you if I told you I've studied the Scott Fishbowl ADP. Um, So, you know, I think Debo and Ayuk are are similar players. Uh, I think Debo was was all the rage, and then he got injured, and everybody saw Ayuk, and they kind of forgot what Debo was, right, or who he could be. So I think they're going to play – it's another team that's got a ton of offensive weapons. And how long does Garoppolo hold on to that position before they just let Trey go in there and, and just make it the, the insane circus that it could be with all those those young weapons? I mean, everybody can run. Yeah, it's, it's kind of – that's what, probably the most confusing offense for me to figure out. And I think that, like, Kittle's the the one guy, you know, I'm comfortable with. But I wonder, adding all these other players, is that going to limit his ceiling? You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, and I don't know. I'm going with whoever is costing me less between Debo and Ayuk. I think that's pretty much it. Um, cause like, I, I agree with you. I think that they're very, very similar. Like, you know, who knows who's going to get the targets. It might just be matchup. And then yeah, Sermon Moster, I'm totally, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's going to change week to week. It could be either one. Either one could be yeah. that ball. Guy. If, if one guy's getting keyed on, the other guy's going to be the guy. Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you go Sermon and Moster. Oh, I'm going Moster. No doubt. I mean, the price is just totally. Moster is the cheapest running back, it seems, like on that team almost at the moment. And he's the guy that I I think could still have that main role. And based on the price, I'm totally he's gonna be on um, you know, a lot of the teams that I'm contending in Dynasty this year. And um he's the guy I'm gonna probably keep my eye on for this for SFB eleven. If if um if history tells us anything, it always seems to come back to Moster at some point. But it always seems to come back to many different running backs in yeah. in San Francisco. It's it's the way the coach coaches. It's yep. um, he go he definitely goes hot hand. He stays with a guy who's who's rolling. So if Moster gets in a groove, I expect it to be Moster. If uh, you know Moster gets banged up a game and Sermon goes in there and he's looking pretty good, it's going to be Sermon for a little bit. It's just the way it's been. Well, since he's been the coach there. So uh, Elliot had written in that they're going around the two cheaper, Debo and Mostert. So I think to Bill's point, we go with the guys who are cheaper because I think the values are similar. Yeah, it's just, this is, and that kind of goes back to my thing about the rookies and just like being conditioned to think dynasty. Like I'm typically going to get be more attracted to like Sermon over Mostert. But like in redraft – I don't have to worry about it two years from now. I just got to worry about this year. So, like, that's the the biggest challenge. But you hearing something? No, no, no. I, I have the uh, I have the Stanley Cup Finals on. I oh, know. what's the score? It was it's one nothing Tampa Bay. But I thought I thought the Canadians scored, but it was a big save. Oh, oh okay. 
Um, oh, so it's yeah. one one. It's one one. I missed the goal. It's one, oh, one. The, there was a goal. <laughs> so, um, all right. Um, I think our last tweet was from Linda at Lindellians. Uh, some SFB eleven ADP. Chris Herndon, two oh five. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus two fourteen, Mark Ingram two sixteen, Daniel Carlson two twenty one, and then the average fantasy points per game, Herndon around five, Zacchaeus or, or just below five, Ingram just over five, and then Carlson nine points. So we we know that. And by the way, Linda, we were in a chat last night on on Twitter where she made a statement that wait till people find out her real name is not even Linda. So, um, oh, that's awesome. Because a lot of people have called her Linda Lyons, right, all this time, and and I know that the correct way is is Lindellians, like you like you mentioned. So Andy Singleton put a tweet out that it blew his mind when he heard me say it, and now he can't unsee it. <laughs> and then I said something. Somebody else said, "Oh, maybe Sal's wrong." And I said, "We well, can ask Linda herself." Mm. I think I have it correct. And she said, "He does, but wait till I blow people's mind and tell them my my real name's not even Linda." So I'm like, "Well, what's the name is on the potathon at 1 a.m.?" So we like <laughs> to reveal it. So it's going to be my goal on the potathon to get Linda to reveal that she's not really Linda, if that's really in fact the case. So. What we do know about Lindellians is that she is a very pro kicker, right? So, oh, no doubt. The reason she's putting this in is she's telling you all these middling players, Chris Herndon, who looks good for two weeks out of every year, um, you know, Mark Ingram, who, you know, if he's used as a goal line guy, maybe he could score more points than he did last year because he got pushed out a little bit plus injury. Last year with the Ravens, but he's in a different place in te- uh, with the Texans, right? This year, Ingram, am I right? Um, yeah. What she's telling you is that Carlson is averaging almost double with what any of those guys are averaging. So why would you not take him in that spot over that guy? So you know, let's just talk about those. I I think I would take him over the first two, and I probably would struggle with taking him over Ingram. Yeah, I would. I'm right there with you. Like, I because he's running backs. You kind of know when they're going to start. So, like, I would much rather get a player like that. That's going to, like, that I think has more upside. Um, but, I mean, this is like the 17th round, 18th round. So, I mean, it's definitely the point is taken to don't just do what I was going to do and completely disregard quick kickers apparently like this this was the perfect uh tweet to uh bring perspective to me so um yeah i don't i i still don't think i'm gonna end up with any kickers probably because of my monster (laughs) bias but um sometimes facts you know don't get through this thick skull of mine so um yeah i don't know but we'll see maybe i'll end up drafting seven of them and seeing what happens. Yeah. So that'd be, that'd be real interesting. (laughs) So Josh popped into the chat. He says, I love Trey sermon. That's a running joke on this podcast. Um, which I completely disagree with, but whatever is now a narrative that people believe. So Josh, I'm glad you're, uh, you're safe and, uh, your phone is hopefully doesn't run out of power. Because I need you to do all the uh, the stuff after the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I, I also anyway. like Lindsey Kennedy took every opportunity to immediately get after him for not showing up, which is which is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I appreciate that, Linz. Because yeah, you know we see how the shit job the other guys doing. But um, yeah, I think that's everything. And I is there anything? I don't know. Is there anything else? that we need to know about this uh, coming up over the next week that uh, maybe the listeners need to check out. Yeah. Just, you know, we, we did everything at the top about the potathon. Um, it'll be live on YouTube um, in three parts. And that's something I have to make sure we remind everybody every year. Unfortunately, you can't stream live for more than eight hours and record it on any of those platforms. So 
we have to do three separate eight-hour shows every year, and sometimes there's changeover in uh, viewership. We lose some people because they think I think that they think it's over. Yeah, it's not. And we always put all three links up. I, I posted actually all three links are up on the Fantasy Football Funhouse, which is FF Funhouse. Uh, it's the pinned tweet on that uh, Twitter account, which is our home for that show. And they'll be posted on mine, Salito FF, any SFB Potathon one as well. But they kind of get lost on those. The, the uh, Funhouse one, it'll be staying at the top as the pin one. So you follow all those uh, all those Twitter handles and you'll find everything you need to find. It. The the link to donate is in the bio of the SFB Potathon page. And, you know. Let's just have some fun. Support our sponsors, all sponsors we put up there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Um, so I, I know uh, Josh and I are planning on doing something. I think we're going to do some sort of giveaway or something. If you guys are up at 2.30 in the morning on uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning. So uh, chime in if you, you get the chance. Um, also, there was a... Uh, uh, we wanted to shout out uh, C Moshi on Apple Podcasts. He gave us a five star. We just he loves the premise of the show. Social media has tons of info, and these guys handpick topics and break it down for you. So appreciate the love. We, uh, you know, it helps out uh, the algorithm or whatever Apple does to decide who's going to be popular or not. And uh, you know, appreciate everybody that popped in and was active in the chat and. Uh, you know, if you haven't subscribed, you know, we'd appreciate it if you did. And, you know, appreciate it. So uh, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. And, you know, give us feedback like uh, Moshi just did. And uh, Sal, appreciate you, man. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.